Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes of Playbook. We're bringing our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, Coach B, we've been um, something that you and I have been doing on the side, which is um, it's been both, I think, well, there's actually two things. But the first one that's like really, you know, important for this podcast and this audience is we've been diving into this uh, this program, keeping each other accountable. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been huge because like I've been telling you in text, like I'm just doing a lot of movements, a lot of um, the programming that you have in this in this one for 30 days is um, there's a lot of stretches, a lot of mobility and a lot of training movements that I'm just not used to doing. So for me, it's like, man, I'm sore in places. I didn't, I didn't know I could be sore. And then, um, also it's just the getting out of the, um, you know, sometimes even if you're consistently working out and this is something we talked about on the podcast, um, you know, you might get into a mode where you're just doing the same things over and over. And, and like you've mentioned, you you know, you get better at it. So you're actually, you know, maybe your training is becoming less effective over time because your body's becoming more effective. Yeah. But getting into these new movements have been awesome because, um, you know, I just, I feel good. Um, and it's crazy, but it's like more so the stretches that I wasn't doing before. I'm just like, oh, and, and then you start to realize, um, how mobility and how stretching and just kind of warming up certain parts of your body and, and getting loose in certain parts of your body actually help you, um, just get a better workout. And I know it's, that's not like rocket science, but when you're not used to doing some of these movements, you know, you can kind of, you know, think, oh, this is just my range of motion or this is just my, you know, but now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like moving weights with a little bit more ease, but also, mm. um, I think just getting a lot deeper in some of my movements too. So I think, um, you know, the combination of getting into new stretches has been, has been huge for me, but, uh, you've been also doing the program. So one, how are you? And two, how's the, how's the program treating you? Well, first of all, I'm glad to hear that you've been making some progress and in, in, uh, your, your self-awareness is improving too in some different moon patterns and some different positions that you may have not get, gotten into before. But I just finished it today. Uh, so it's four weeks in. Actually, tomorrow. All right, you've got cardio tomorrow. That'll be the last day to finish it up, but I get finished my last lift. And I've run through this cycle, this program probably at least, this might be the third or fourth time I've done it. And it's been at least a year since I've done it before. And Every time I do do it, um, I do get a little bit stronger. Um, I do feel a little bit, uh, a little bit more dense, right? And so, one of the names, of, the name of the program is athletic hypertrophy. So we're doing like a lot of athletic type movements, but you do improve some muscular density. So I do feel a little bit uh, bigger in some areas, and I've tried to increase my calories during it too. So that's definitely helped. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for phase two. Phase two will come out. I think we put it up in discord, so it'll come out next week or we can start up next week, but, um, I'm excited to build upon it and, and I'm just proud of you and some, some of the other people in the community yeah. that have been able to take on the challenge because it is a little bit different. Like anytime you do something that's outside of your comfort zone, it is probably a little nerve wracking and, um, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to do something different that you've never done before, especially different exercises and different movements and. Sometimes you can second guess things, but you just got to jump in. And we talk about it all the time about just showing up and be willing to do uncomfortable things. And when you can do those types of things regularly, you're going to start to notice that you might improve in different areas. And then you can start to add different things in the different tricks to your bag um, and understand how to take care of yourself a little bit more effectively. So even just the simple warm up that we put in there is yeah. great to do on a day that, a day off. You know what I mean? Like before you go take right. your dogs for a walk or go for a long walk. Um, the flexibility that you're, you're noticing that in, in your body, um, isn't just going to make you feel better, but it's going to help, um, improve your strength in so many different positions too. Yeah. Some of those warm ups almost felt like, uh, <laughs> felt like, uh, it's almost like a workout, workout, right? Yeah, no, but it's good. I mean, that's, 
you know, I think people saw that in like the CrossFit world too. Where it's like, you know, people like go through this warm up phase and then they'll be like, okay, that was an awesome workout. And the instructor goes, oh, that's actually just like the first, uh, that's the first part of today's workout. Yeah. But um, no, it was great. And, um, you know, on, on cardio days, I was doing long walks. Um, and it's actually perfect because um, it's getting a little bit cooler out. So it's like nice to walk, but I'm also getting a podcast or an audio book in. And uh, this program was like perfect timing because. Uh, probably in about a couple of weeks, the garage gym is going to be like freezing, which is, I don't care about the garage gym being cold. It's the, it's the bars, the dumbbells, the kettlebells. Oh, uh, like, everything's cold. <laughs> they're ice. Yeah. And so it's, it's tough to, um, the first couple of minutes of workout is kind of tough, but, uh, yeah, no, it was good timing, but, but B today's episode, we want to dive into really this concept. And I think it's both, um, it's both a practice of like being in the moment and being able to have this, this capability, but also, um, I think it's self-awareness to be able to look back and connect the dots, but it's uh, turning loss into learning, which is something you know that we've talked about when it comes to um, you know athletics, uh, sports. You know how do we how do we take mistakes and and um, and become better from them? But this idea of turning loss into learning, I think, is it's a, for me, it's been a learned skill. It's something that you know was not <laughs> always natural to me, and um, it definitely took a little bit of work to both be self-aware of what's going on, but also, like I mentioned be able to look back and be like, well, you know, there's a lot of opportunity that came from, you know, this particular mistake or loss. Um, for me, there's a couple, you know, professional ones that I want to, I want to chat with you about today, but you know, is there, what comes to mind for you? Is there a certain, you know, experience or event where you can kind of look back and be like, you know, in the, during the moment, this was kind of rough to go through, but then you start to realize that there was a lot of opportunity and learning that came from it that ultimately made you better either, as a person or, or better, you know, in your profession? Is there anything else that, that comes to mind for you? Yeah, there's a lot of things that come into mind, but um, it's this concept that first time I ever heard the statement, I think is from Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor would often say, I either win or I learn. He would never look at a loss as an opportunity, as, as a loss, like as a negative right. event. He looked at it as an opportunity to where he can actually improve. And I've subsequently stolen that phrase and I've yep. used it with, with my athletes and um, the people I talk to on a daily basis, our community, and we talk about um, any loss that you experience is a is a temporary setback, and you can view that setback as an opportunity to grow, or you can kind of wallow in it, right? And if you wallow in it, you're just kind of like stuck in this stuck in this moment, and and that moment has passed, right? And right. so we kind of attribute it to time, and we try to attribute it to time in the standpoint of I can sit in this moment, I can wallow. And I can, you know, just remain in the past because that's when it happened, right? That loss that you experienced, it just happened in the, in the past. Or I can use what I'd learned from it, or I can view, uh, you know, it's, take an opportunity to look at it as an opportunity to learn and it actually take steps in the present so I can change my future. And so I kind of looked at it from that standpoint. And the one thing that, you know, that kind of stands out in my head is this, um, it was an unfortunate situation where um, I had a, a basketball athlete. I had a female. Um, she, she she was a senior. She was awesome. Um, you know, we were in our tournament, and she tore ACL in the in the semifinals, and she couldn't play in the finals. And it was uh, it was a sad moment. And you know, it's still like I'm getting choked up even th th like just talking about it right now. Because I understood how like how much she put into her preparation, how much she put into the, the team, and how bad she wanted to win. And um, you know, I took a look at the opportunity, like you know, what was the mechanism, like how did it happen, 
Um, what were the scenarios? And there's so many things that can kind of go into an injury, right? There's so many factors, like whether it be stress, sleep, hydration, nutrition, uh, and, and for females case, a menstrual period, like, you know, all of these kinds of factors are going to go into these, the moments, but I use that as an opportunity. I'm like, well, let me look at my programming. Like, what did I do? And what were the things I could have changed? And, and I think in this instance, what I did is I'm like, I realized I look back, I'm like, man, I think we tapered a little too early. I think we started our taper a little bit too early and we, we removed the emphasis of, of, um, of remove the emphasis of strength training. And just focus on a little bit of recovery to work, recovery work too early before playoffs. And I started realizing, like, maybe we need to keep an emphasis of strength um, and load throughout this, uh, the last month of the season going into playoffs. So we, you know, we kept our strength. Um, and I don't know if that was it, but like, that was, that was one thing that I took from that, from that moment. And I learned, I'm like, you know what? And I started to look into tapering a little bit more. I started to look into peaking, peaking models a little bit more. And I started to realize that, you know, if we pull back on load too early, we're going to lose our emphasis uh, on speed and power. And, um, and we're going to lose some of the qualities that we don't want to lose at this critical time of, a, uh, of the season, right? Like you win championships at the end of the year and you got to be at your, your, your physical best at the end of the year. You got to be strong, you got to be fast, you got to be powerful, but you got to be healthy. And so when I looked at the program that I did in this particular instance, I'm like, you know what, we got to continue to load throughout the year. Um, so that we can make sure that we can keep our qualities and, and try to stay as healthy as we can. So uh, it was a, it, it was an upsetting moment, um, but that was one thing that I think I really learned from from that uh, from that opportunity was was you know how I can improve programming throughout the through throughout the entire year. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an incredible story because also you taking responsibility, you know, and and changing your process is. Um, is not what I think a lot of people would like their mind would go to. I think a lot of people, you know, view you as, you know, keeping them in shape, keeping them strong, improving, but also part of your job is to keep them healthy, right? To, yeah. to reduce risk. It's the number injury. one thing. But yeah, because also, you know, obviously you need to be, you know, in play, but there's so many factors. Like, you know, did she, is this an injury from when she was younger? Was yeah. it something prior? And so it's, it's fascinating to think about all the different factors at play. But, um, when you think about, you know, what was your thought process during? Like, were you immediately like, you know, man, this is on me and I need to figure out a better process? Or, um, you know, like, what does that process look like for you when it comes to taking, you know, taking a big hit and then figuring out like, okay, this is actually a, a blessing and this, not a blessing, but you know what I mean? In the sense of this could actually prevent, you know, future injuries from, from future athletes. Um, what does that process look like for you? In the moment, I was like, Oh shit. That <laughs> was like that was the number one thought. I was like, oh shit. And then, you know, like how can we best prepare for for the next day, which was the championship game, which we ended up getting into and we ended up lose subsequently losing. But um it, that was the first instance is like I, you know, I just felt awful. I felt terrible. And the way I just think about things is what could I have done better? Right. So right. like instead of playing the blame game, uh, you know. Any other factors? The that, that's the easy, right? That's yeah. the yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. that's the easy thing to do um, is to point the finger and to blame. But in reality, what I tried to do in this situation was like, what could I have done better? Right. Um, and so that's the kind of processes that I always look to do for, you know, any kind of setback or any loss that I experience is is what can I do to to improve 
Um, so it doesn't happen again in the future. And again, so the, when you look at an injury, for, especially for an athlete, there are so many factors because injuries, just like success, don't happen in a vacuum. Right. There's so many contributing factors. We're not in a lab where you can control every single variable. Mm-hmm. There's so many things at play. But um, what it's taught me is is like, what can I do to present information a little bit better? What can I do to um, improve my programming? What can I do to improve communication? Um, so that's what I've really done is is kind of look at this this particular situation and kind of reassess what things can I improve upon in terms of uh, the areas that I kind of you know play a key role in, which are really like trying to prepare and try to reduce the chance of injury as much as possible. That's way and then educate, right? That, that's what we kind of look at from a three prong system is reducing chance chance of injury, making them better athletes, and then and then trying to educate them. So what are the things that I could do to improve my systems? to try to make those three key areas of our, of our philosophy just a little bit better. Yeah. I think it, it's, um, it makes a ton of sense. And what comes to mind for me, you know, just kind of like hearing it, not only improving your process and becoming better for future opportunities, but also, um, just having that mindset, I think also doesn't allow you to get to a place where you're becoming stressed over it, you know, where you're losing sleep over it. Um, which I think is an important factor, right? Because, when people do, you know, run into big mistakes or or opportunity or experiences lost, I think you know sometimes you kind of get hung up on it too much, and it kind of like holds you back from being able to to get to that place where like how do I how do I make sure this doesn't happen for the next you know next opportunity or how do I get better? Um, do you also find that where it's like not that it's not a horrible event, but you find yourself almost like less stressed about it and not spending you know harping on it too much? Yeah, well, I mean, let's think about like when would you stress, and we kind of like started the conversation in this way. Is you often stress about things that are outside of your control, right? Right, and so I think that's probably the number one step is is when you experience a loss, accept some responsibility and think about what are the things that I can do, what are things that I can do to improve. If there's things that are outside your control, like then then it's no good to, to, to stress about it, right? So think about the things that you can do to try to improve in situations, scenarios. And I think it helps you move forward if you can, can if you can make that shift. Because if you're not willing to accept that responsibility and the things that you can actually improve, then you're stuck in the past. And you're stuck in that moment where, you know, a, a situation or a scenario or an event has happened. And you can often, you know, live in stress and live in the things that, uh, that cause worry. But... Um, I choose not to concern myself with that and just try to focus on areas of what can I do to try to improve. And that's ultimately my response, right? Have you ever heard of the equation like event plus response equals outcome, right? Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Yeah, I can't remember where I, where I read it or where I saw it from, but there's going to be certain events that happen to us, right? Right. Um, and the response that we choose to have is going to result in the desired outcome. And if it's an outcome that we don't like, then we've got to look at what was our response to the right. event, right? And it could be like somebody cutting you off on the highway, right? right? Somebody could be cutting you off and you could choose to get pissed off um, and you can choose to, you know, try to get back at them or try to, you know, um, you know, cut them off. And like, what is that going to do in the, out- in the grand scheme of things? The potential outcome is maybe in an accident or you get a ticket and that's not a good, that's not a good situation or scenario. But ultimately we've got to come back to, you know, our, holding ourselves to a higher standard, holding ourselves accountable, but ultimately owning the responses that we choose to have in a in a particular event. And so when we experience a loss, we experience a setback, we experience these 
these moments in our life that we think are uh, debilitating or extremely negative, like we've got to be able to ch figure out how to respond in a positive, meaningful way so we can learn, so we can improve our outcomes. Right. So one last question, and we'll kind of dive into something that I had for, for this episode, but you know, there's kind of your side and your perspective. Now, what was your role in, um, in helping her through that process of, of turning loss into learning? Um, I'm sure that's, you know, something that you go through not frequently, but time to time, there's going to be injuries that maybe take somebody out for a season, um, or take somebody out for a certain period of time. Do you feel like you have a role in helping them understand and, and generate perspective for turning that loss into learning? That's a great question. I, I do. You know, I try to uh, utilize that as an opportunity to, to educate them as a, as a, this is a part of your performance right now. And whenever there's an injury, I said this this week to an athlete too, is whenever you have an injury, um, and we're going to talk about athletics particularly, right? Whenever you have an injury, it's an opportunity to improve at something else, right? Because now you're not being able to maybe practice in the situation or be able right. to play. So there's something, there's another aspect of your, of your performance or your skill set as an, as a human being that you can try to improve upon. We've had people, um, in this particular case with this athlete, uh, this week when I said it, um, he said he's going to work on his mental skills, right? And so instead of being able to, um, practice, right? Cause he doesn't have that. He's getting, he can practice and he can rehab. He's going to use the opportunity to improve his, his mental skills. And then is also dialing his nutrition a little bit more. Nice. And this particular incident with, with this female athlete, um, you know, it was the end of her career. And um, what we what we decided to talk about was, um, you know, opportunities and areas that she wanted to improve upon mentally, right? Mm -hmm. So this was another way for like mental skills. And she, she kind of came to me, she's like, Coach B, I want to get into coaching. And so this was an opportunity where she can start her process to learn how to coach a little bit more effectively. Um, and, and she still coaches this day and actually had a call with her probably a couple months ago too. Um, and just to talk about some different things about what she's experiencing with her team and with her, her, her program that she's working with right now. Um, but that was an opportunity, right? And that's what we kind of used. Um, that's the way I looked at it is try to get them to understand, Hey, listen, you don't have this one aspect of your life right now, or one aspect of your sport that you're going to be able to experience in, the, in particular case, playing and competing. Right. But let's use that time and that energy to try to improve something else. Maybe it's maybe it's reading, right? Maybe it's reading a little bit more. Maybe it's um, helping your teammates, right? Maybe it's giving them a different perspective on how to see the game that they may not be able to see the same things that you're seeing. But maybe you can help them. Maybe you can help coach them a little bit more. Maybe you can be another uh, extension of the coaching staff. Maybe you can improve your mental skills. We talked about before. Maybe you can learn a new skill. Maybe right. You know, like something that's completely different than your than your sport that you're working with, but using that opportunity and setback to to improve something else. Um, I, you know, this you know what I said this during COVID. So to every single one of our athletes, I said, listen, like you, you're going to look back on this time period in five to ten years, and you're going to say to yourself, I either learn something that's going to help me in the future, or I just binge watched a lot of Netflix shows. You know, and you're going to realize, like, did I use, utilize that time effectively to improve myself as a human being, or did I just waste my time binging shows and movies? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it's it's it, it's honestly, um, it's a it's a great time to like reflect. And my the the story I was going to bring up be was actually during COVID, so it's kind of like a a perfect segue 
But, um, you know, the when I look back, I mean, there's tons of things I could talk about when I talk about like turning mistakes into wins or turning uh, loss into learning. But um, there's one big one I was like so critical to the way that I think about, you know, the way that I work with clients now. Um, you know, before Mile 62, it was Cohen Media. And this is oh. like, uh, I was probably in business for about one year going into COVID. And when um, when I was growing up, I've always wanted to be a sports agent. I think you know that. Like a sport, yeah, yeah, being a yeah. sports agent was like my number one. Like I wanted to be an athletic trainer. And then I realized, you know, I didn't want to get into that world. And then, you know, being a sports agent was kind of like my childhood dream. Um, and I had this opportunity. I, I met, basically I met somebody who introduced me to uh, like, I won't bring up his name, just, I don't know, in case yeah. like it goes out, but um, NHL all-star caliber player, um, top goal scorer, you know, like a, a top three forward for pretty much any team he would play for. And I got introduced to him and we had this opportunity to manage his brand and, you know, put out content for him, um, manage opportunities in terms of like brand endorsements and, and partnerships and sponsorships. And it was very ideal. It was like, this was like, okay, if I'm not going to be a sports agent, I think this is the next best thing for me to, to get into business and, and partner with, with athletes is to manage their brand and help them on social and digital to um, just create opportunity. And so it was, you know, he's paying us monthly. Awesome. We're doing a lot of work that we enjoy doing. Awesome. The work we were putting out, in my opinion, was like quality and, and driving the needle for, for building his brand and, and his presence to the point where the organization that he was playing for just like cold called us out of nowhere. and was just like, Hey, you know, like the work that you guys are doing is incredible. Wow. Here's all these resources. Here's game tape. Like feel free to use anything. Cause we just think that what you're doing is, is huge for just the team's presence on That's social. Awesome. And then they're, you know, they would call us again and be like, Hey, we have a couple more players. We think we, you know, we can send your way. In and if you want to work with them, and these are like, you know, directors of marketing for wow. NHL organization. I was just like, this is amazing. Like I'm kind of like living my dream right now. Um, and you know, we just, they opened up all the resources to us and, and then a couple months go by and the athlete reaches out. It was just like, Hey, you know, I don't think this is, this is working. You know, like we, we could just kind of like shut it down this month and uh, kind of go our separate ways. And this is after like, you know, we, we, they were thriving on social. They became a fan favorite for this organization. Um, everybody on Twitter, you know, consistently talking about this person so in our heads, we're like, we're crushing it. Like, this is, yeah. this is awesome. Like the athletes paying us directly, um, you know, this, and typically it's, it's not always that case, you know, usually you're trying to find some like backdoor way or maybe like a sponsor is kind of covering some of the costs, but, um, but it was like a huge, like blow to our business model because we're like, wait, <laughs> we're doing everything, you know, and spending a lot of time, you know, personally doing some stuff on, you know, buying the scenes on his brand, getting back to every fan that's, you know, messaging and commenting on the stuff and, um, the organization is praising us. And so we're like, you know, like it really like was a huge blow to the agency work that I thought we we're kind of building into to, to bring on some more athletes and, and do something similar. The biggest lesson I learned B was just because we thought we were doing something valuable doesn't necessarily mean the client thinks uh, the same thing. Right. Yeah. And so it totally revolutionized the way that we thought about doing work because it was less about us coming with ideas and executing ideas, which is kind of, you know, why you would hire a marketing okay. team, it became more revolved around, we need to understand at a high level what the client values mm -hmm. and start building around those themes where we're still driving the needle, we're still pushing things forward, we're still executing, but in a way that the, the client also values, right? And so 
even if we're doing great work and this was pretty much confirmed through the organization, the athlete didn't feel like the the monthly payment was worth it for them, right? And so um, for us, it was like a huge, like it doesn't matter if we're working with the athlete, a brand, a small business, we always onboard clients with what do you value most yeah. and what would you like to see in terms of results that would keep you happy? Otherwise, without that, you know, they'll pull away. They won't value it. They'll stop paying. They'll stop, you know, engaging. And so it was like revolutionary for me to understand this process. And <laughs> it was at such like a, it was such a small event that kind of re- revolutionized the way that I think about working with clients. But kind of goes back to that saying, you've, you've heard this, but like the customer is always right. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not about legitimately being right. It's about, you know, if, if they aren't feeling like they're driving value from this relationship, they won't be a customer, any, a customer anymore. And they could also potentially ruin your reputation with other potential customers, right? So for me, it was like, I really learned that the customer is always right and not in the sense of being correct, but are we, are we putting ourselves in a position where they feel like they're driving value from this relationship? Otherwise, you know, when you have a client relationship, they can just pull out at any time, right? So keeping them happy and keeping them, um, and sometimes that's educating them too, like helping them realize where value is being derived from. But we weren't doing a good job of that with uh, with this particular athlete. And so it, it was like a huge opportunity because it was a huge loss for us. But yeah. my agency, my business, and the people I was working with me, like it changed it forever because I was just like, you know, it, it was really a huge setback for us at first. Because we're well, just like, man, we're, we're doing everything right. But um, now in today's world, like we're meeting our customer, you know, our client, you know, in the same realm of like, we're still pushing the needle on some things, but we also need to be highly aware and empathetic to what they, their perspective and how they view things and how they think things are going. Right. So does that, does that make sense to you? Yeah. You, 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 you said the word again, opportunity. Now, how long did it take for you to, to try to make that switch? Like when you when you got that initial call or the text or email, whatever from the client saying, you know, I don't think this is going to work anymore. Like, obviously you felt probably upset. Like how long did it take you to shift? And what was that process like? Yeah, it took, it took months. I mean, at first I was just like, it just didn't make sense to me at first. Right. Cause you know, the the work that we're doing, but then, you know, you're able to analyze it. You're able to like look back and, and understand like, okay, I can kind of see where he's coming from. And, you know, maybe there's a certain level of expectation that wasn't communicated. And, um, you know, so it probably took, I would say probably about like, probably two months after that for me to like sit back and be like, you know, like we got to change the way that we, you know, I think we almost were like um, overconfident in our ability because of the success that we saw organization reaching out, brands reaching out. And then we had this like, well, none of this matters you know, if this person isn't, um, if their expectation is not being met. Right. So, um, when working with future athletes when working with future brands, like that was like the number one thing that was like, so top of mind for me is like every first call, it's like, you know, in what scenario or yeah. what do you envision, you know, in terms of a, a successful relationship and partnership with, with our agency. And, but yeah, it was not immediate. And to be honest, I, you know, I was still early in my career, still learning a lot about, you know, relationships. So learning a lot about how, um, I needed to, you know, change my mentality to, to make sure that, you know, things are not only moving forward, but we're able to, you know, really optimize the way that we were doing business. Right. So, um, I think because it was so early in my agency life that it took me a little bit longer, but now man, we, we had a client 
last year that we we brought on for about two or three weeks and then realized that this is the expectations are way off um that we're not going to be able to to meet this this um this person where with where they're at with expectation and and what they're willing to to dedicate and so within two weeks like two to three weeks we actually terminated the the relationship wow. because we knew that hey what we can offer and what your expectations are are so off that I do not envision this to be a successful relationship. And so, you know, like take, taking a, a paying client and telling them, hey, like, we're not going to be able to work with you, right? So, like, instead of going, because we worked with this guy for a full NHL season and then some, and we got paid for it. But ultimately, um, in those type of relationships, it, you know, we're not really making a lot of money off of working directly with them. It's, can we generate enough you know, deal flow where we're getting a percentage of things that we bring to them that that ends up becoming a little bit more scalable for us as a rev, as an agency and, and a revenue driver. Um, this, this current one or this one that was more recent, we're just like, we know it's not going to be successful in the sense of um, they're going to continuously be upset and we're not going to, you know, it's just not something that we're willing to, to continue to, to try to figure out because we just knew that would be off. So, our ability to kind of filter that out and see it before it happens is also a lot better from the flip side of like, we know we're not, we know we're not going to be able to to meet their expectations. So it, I think over time it's saved us a lot of energy, saved us a lot of money. Um, and definitely saved us, I think our reputation too, because ultimately, you know, a lot of the work that we do is based off referrals. And so mm-hmm. when we find a client, it's not just what they're able to to dedicate for investment into themselves. And that's our revenue driver. It's also, we need to produce successful, happy clients that introduce us to two or three more people. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, if we spend a year doing work for somebody that ultimately doesn't meet the expectation of, of work level and they're not happy, we'll lose that client, but we'll also spend a lot of time and energy working on somebody that's not gonna introduce us to more people. And so that's just the way that my brain works. It's like, I'd rather take a lower paying client that's gonna introduce me to a higher yeah. paying client down the road or two or three or five of them versus go down the road with one person and it not work out. So it's almost like, a, for me, it's also an investment of, you know, future work. And so yeah. there's a lot of things that we learned, man. Like, you know, if we have a happy athlete, they have access to 20, 30, 40 other athletes, right? If we work with somebody and they're not happy, they're not introducing they're not anybody, get- right? So there's also this this idea of us, you know, making good investment of our time and energy with who we partner with as well, um, because they could be, our biggest revenue driver if they introduce us to, to more people. So there's so much that we learned from from that relationship, but it was a huge loss at the time that ended up becoming like a game changer for our agency. It got way better. You know, the thing that kind of stands out the most from hearing that story is the uh, not only the willingness to learn, but thinking of any situation where any listener is going to be able to experience the losses. If you're willing to learn, you've got to have some level of humility, right? And you got to right. start to realize that Except the facts of the things that you don't know. And to have a beginner's mindset or to have a humble attitude uh, allows you to think anybody to make that shift, right? So that shift in perspectives is where we can try to, fi- to try to find solutions instead of focusing on the problems of things. But, um, it w- you know, at such a young age, like you were able to remain humble to recognize that, hey, what I was doing wasn't working out for me. So I needed a shift. I needed to right. improve. I needed to get better um, so I can try to improve improve my business, right? In this, this situation, this scenario, for me, it was to try to improve my, you know, how I deliver a program. Right. Um, but for anybody who's listening, it's these simple shifts in, well, I, I, it's not simple, right? But it's a, the shift in perspective 
that ultimately comes from our ability to remain humble and recognize that there's a lot of things that we don't know. And, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in our ego, right? Or get caught up in like and get caught up in winning all the time and realizing like, oh, I'm, I'm invincible. I'm undefeatable. But guess what? Like there's going to be a moment when shit doesn't work out for you. And what are you going to do in that instance, in that scenario? Are you going to be able to remain humble? It's this, this remain humble, humble and hungry to try to figure out a different way to shift because things are constantly changing. Our world is changing. Like the technology is changing. If you're not willing to stay up to date on things, um, recognize that there's things that you don't know about, like you're going to get left, left in the dust. Yeah. Well, let me throw in one last thing before we wrap up today. You said remain humble, but in this case, you know, one thing that I left out was I needed to learn how to be humble because <laughs> when, um, when it first happened, you know, for like we're in shock, right? Like we're just, yeah. this is so weird. Like we're just confused. And the first couple of weeks, I told you it took like a month or maybe like two months for us to like really kind of pull the learning lesson from it. But for the first couple of weeks, it's, uh, you know, this guy's kind of making a mistake or, um, yeah. you know, he, he, oh, he doesn't understand what we're doing. And so of course he doesn't value if he doesn't understand the side of the world. And, um, I like was saying all these things to, you know, you know, people that were asking about it or people within our agency, um, you know, it's like, you know, people don't understand things they don't value or they don't value things they don't understand, which is true, but it's also on us to help them understand. Right. So at first we're like, it's totally on him. Like this is not working because it's, you know, he's not willing to work with us. Um, and then that's, that's shifted over to actually, no, we need to take ownership of like, we didn't help him understand why this was significant. We just kind of like did things and executed them. And, um, we, we didn't update or communicate effectively for him to understand why this was significant. And so there was also a part there be where I had to learn to be humble. You know, it was like, it wasn't, that wasn't, um, intuitive to me in a business relationship yeah. just yet. And so there was a, a moment where it wasn't on us. It wasn't our fault. And then it slowly mm. shifted to, oh, this was totally on us. And this is how we learn. And this is how we, we build for the future. But, um, but it, yeah, it, abs- it takes humility and it takes, it, it takes ownership of, mm. you know, when all the signs were good from all these outside factors of it being, a, we were doing good work that you need to have humility to understand that, you know, there are things that we did wrong and yeah. there's things that we could have done better. You know, we got put in that situation again, things would, would be a little bit different. And so, that was also a big learning experience for me too, is like understanding that, you know, all the signs could be pointing towards good work, but ultimately the bottom line of our agency is them paying or them not paying. And so if we did something that put them in a situation where they don't want to pay anymore, then we did something wrong. And so to me, that was um, critical for, for my learning curve, but also important for this conversation of like, you know, it wasn't like the, the turning the loss into learning was not, you know, just like, was now now it is now if something goes wrong i think quickly my brain can quickly go you know what like this just saved us a ton of time a ton of energy and we're now going to find somebody better to work with because of our um our direction of energy to something else and to me now it's like it's a really it's more seamless but at the time you know i was hung up on it and i was not understanding um so that's the last thing i want to throw in there b but is there anything else, B, when it comes to, to turning the loss into learning? Anything that we want to throw on there before we, we wrap up today's episode? No, I, I think those were some great shares from 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 both of us. And I think right. the, uh, the key lessons to kind of pull from that are uh, remaining humble, yeah. uh, seeing everything as an opportunity, and always trying to figure out solutions and find solutions, right? Because like 
it's so easy to get caught up in the problem or play the blame game. Like it's the ref's fault. It's this person's fault. It's, it's not my fault. In reality, if you can try to sit back from the situation and start to realize like, what can I have done a little bit better and accept some accountability, then it's going to shift the way you feel. It's going to shift your emotions. And then you can probably figure out different ways to, to kind of move forward and figure out those yeah. solutions. And so, um, when in doubt, like just zoom out and then try to figure out what can you do to improve and what can you do to yeah. try to improve the situation. I, I love it. I think um, the last thing I'll throw in there is, you know, taking accountability does two things in my opinion. One, it allows you to get to a place of, you know, finding solutions quicker um, and, and potentially getting better, but also people instinctually appreciate people that take ownership, especially over oh, big mistakes. And things. So I think you're doing yourself a favor for getting to a better place quicker for internally, but also, you know, for people that are, are doing this with you or are watching you, I think it's a game changer in, in the sense of like um, respect, leadership, but also just trust building, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's when you were talking about that, I was like, it, it's so true. Like to take ownership as part of this this process is huge because um, you might build trust with somebody and and gain opportunity just just out of the sheer fact of you being accountable to yourself and and the situation so i think that was a great last share b but um great episode appreciate your shares uh chat with everybody next week thank you see you